0: My guest today is April Aronoff. April is a priestess of the sacred garden, rose, and bee. She is fiercely devoted to healing our Mother Earth and connecting to our own divine nature. Her home temple space is called My Temple Garden, and it is there that she stewards a large sacred garden with many rose bushes and one beehive. As an emissary of the divine, she is deeply called to guide others towards their highest path of healing and spiritual evolution through her one-on-one sessions, sacred classes, circles, and delectables she creates for her online store. It is her deepest desire to heal ourselves and our Mother Earth in community. Hi, April. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Laura. Very glad to be here. Wonderful. Um, so I am really looking forward to our discussion really excited to learn today and just hear the amazing things that you are that you're doing. Thank you. So happy to share. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, if you wouldn't mind maybe starting off by telling us what those amazing things are that you're doing these days. So, at the
1: moment, I've really been building my offerings, just sharing the magic of my sacred garden. I've spent the past, let's see, since 2013. So I'd say about nine years cultivating this incredibly magical sacred garden full of roses and bees, and there's unicorns and dragons and fae that come and go. And um, just the energy here is is so profound and inspirational and healing. I mean, I've had many ceremonies out of the garden with friends, I'm now at a point where I'm really opening it up. So next month, I'm hosting a in-person retreat in the garden called The Way of Beauty, Inspiration and Healing Through the Sacred Garden, Holy Rose and Holy Bee. And that's really just coming with where you're at, whatever is present and alive for you, and using those medicines as a way of deepening with yourself and with spirit and you know, there'll be some one-on-one time that people can experience in the garden. And of course, there'll be collective sharing and everyone will leave with a jar of my sacred rose honey that I make and charge in the garden. Um, the other offerings I do is I run a monthly climate justice circle that is on Zoom. And I've been doing that for about eight or nine months. And that's really because I, I was just beginning to pull my hair out last summer with all of the heat domes and droughts and fires that we were experiencing along the whole western side of the U.S. and into Canada and just really felt like I had to do something. And so I started that uh, that circle, which has been going really, really well. The next phase of that is to do in-person gatherings. Um, I have a new program called The Voice of the Village, which um, is the counterpart to the Climate Justice Circles, because in order to heal the earth, we really have to come back together as a community, as a village, and reconnect ourselves to our lands, to our lineages, and to each other. You know, what does it mean to be in community in this post COVID world, um, with the earth in the state that it's in and really in order to heal the planet, we have to heal ourselves. Um, the earth is going to be around. The question is whether we are. So that's a brand new, uh, program that I will be launching, um, in June. And then also, you know, I do individual intuitive readings and, um, I do parenting with spirit sessions and I make a uh, sacred art from my roses and sacred rose honey. And um, that's, that's pretty much me. So there you go.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So many wonderful things. I love the work that you do for the environment. I always like, I just, I feel such a, such a connection to mother earth, but I do as at this time feel like my work is centered more towards humanity, but I feel like the work that you do, I mean, obviously it's all connected, humanity, animals, nature, it's all connected, but I love the emphasis that you have on this beautiful garden and how you work with the elements in that garden. I'm really interested to ask a few questions in relation to that. One being, uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of healing that comes from this amazing garden that you created, what kind of healing is it that people experience or that you've experienced being in that environment? Well, the
1: very first thing that comes to my mind um, is just starting with my beehive. So I have this beautiful beehive. Um, I've had bees for five years and I sit with them often, I sit just a few feet away in a chair and most of the time they let me sit with them, occasionally they bat me away and I respect their energy and their space and I'll just move on. But the frequency and vibration of the bees is, it's very fifth dimensional, you're automatically transported there, your field becomes, at least mine does, becomes in sync with theirs. And there, is, bees are unity consciousness. They are Christ consciousness. And when you tap into them, you don't have to have a beehive to to work with bee medicine. But sitting across from them and watching the way that they fly in the air, it's like they're weaving the flower of life into the ethers. And they've actually they actually showed me that that's what they do. And um, it's just incredibly healing. You know, some of the darkest moments of COVID, like. my my beehive literally saved me. It just, it kept me like, you know, when people were just depressed and scared and, and, you know, you could feel it collectively, it was palpable. You know, it didn't matter where you were in the world. There was, the, you know, this vibration of fear. And I think it was hard for even light workers to just sort of like hold the, the integrity of what it was that they were doing. I would sit with my bees and it didn't take very long for me to just melt into the deliciousness of what they were sharing and offering. And of course, bees are endangered right now. And, um, you know, they're they're just such precious beings. And um, I think at some point, one of my climate justice circles is going to focus on, on bees. I'm realizing they're sort of like next in line. Um, so bees, uh, roses, right before COVID hit, you know, the garden is always a lot of work. It doesn't matter what season of the year, but, you know, COVID happened, you know, right around spring of 2020. And I remember getting the garden ready for spring and i was mulching and pruning and everything was just the leaves were coming back and it was so lush and alive the the love vibration was so high and i remember connecting with it more than i had in prior years and really like just feeling like it was so amazing like i didn't even have blooms yet but the energies cuz i have about 60 bushes And I I realized after COVID hit that that was a gift. They were gifting me this infusion of rose alchemy to see me into the pandemic. And so that's what people get when they come into the space. I mean, I've had different responses. It it depends, I think, what medicine people bring with them. So I've had some people come just to sit with the dragon energy because I have about five dragons that live in the trees. Um, they're, They're etherically here. And, you know, they've they've talked about like the intensity of that and just connecting with that. And then there's other people that are, you know, carry more fey medicine or more b medicine. So it really just depends. And then, you know, someone might not have any particular thing identified, but just the garden itself is uh, a reincarnation of Eden. I mean, I've been shown many times this is Eden and I'm not the only one. There's lots of people that have manifestations of Eden in their gardens. So it's just healing being here. You know, I make lots of offerings. I have Kuan Yin and Green Tara and the Blessed Mother and shells and rocks and statues and little, you know, trinkets and things, magical spaces everywhere. So I think people just come in and they can just kind of surrender and let the let the medicine come, whatever it is.
0: So you mentioned the dragon, you mentioned fairies. I too have heard that every time you bring like a new plant home, you bring fairies with you um, to help you with that plant. I love that. I, that's something I learned since starting my spiritual journey. And I just really love that idea. Can you expound on that a bit more? The idea of dragons and, and fairies. And you mentioned they're ethereal. Does that mean they're on a different dimension and how do they help us? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, unicorns and, uh, dragons and fairies are all elementals. Um, you know, there's also like the whole world of, of water elementals as well. And there's, there's many, many more. And, um, but my particular medicine really is dragons and unicorns and fae and they do. So we share a plane of existence with them. You know, they, they are on a different plane, but we share the earth. So they have the same earth that we do, Um, There's also a whole other tangent of the inner earth plane and the elementals that live there. But I'll stick with the surface earth. And um, so we share the earth, but on a different plane. At one point, I believe we did share the same plane. That was when humanity was at a much higher vibration, probably going back to Lemuria and Atlantis before Atlantis fell. But humanity became of a lower density and those beings are much higher vibration. Those that are of the loving light and could no longer share the same physical space with us. So um, each of these elementals carries different medicine. Unicorns are just pure Christ love and light. And um, they're, you know, they're part of my lineage. I have memories of being a unicorn queen and the initiation into um, remembering that is, is a whole, it's a whole story and their horns are magical healing and they can touch you with their horns and really heal your heart and your spirit. And you can work with them. You can make offerings to them. They love beautiful, pretty, shiny things. Um, you can speak to them. You can journey with them. Um, there's various people that work with unicorns. I think you can go online and find a lot of guided meditations. If you wanted to really meet your own, I've, I've definitely led some groups to, to meet their unicorn before. And so unicorns, again, very much high-level Christ consciousness. Now, moving to dragons, dragons are a little bit different. There's there's dragons that um, exist on different planes. So there are those that serve the earth. So dragons actually helped form the earth, you know, form the earth plane. And there are those that um, there's like water dragons and air dragons and earth dragons and fire dragons. And each of those do different things for the earth and for humanity. They are very much in service to the earth, to Gaia and to us. Then you're moving on to, so those are fourth dimensional dragons. Then there's fifth dimensional dragons and even seventh and ninth dimensional dragons that are, you're moving into more galactic, dragons from other dimensions, dragons that are more cosmic. So um, dragons, again, used to be on the Earth, and they were very, very prolific. And um, I think there was a time where we shared space with them, and a lot of them were hunted and killed, as were unicorns. And not all of them were of the love and light. There were definitely some that were also dark and they can do different things for you. They can consume lower energies. They can bless you. They can clear your house and your space. You can send them to um, do work for other people, places, and things. Um, Diana Cooper has a beautiful book about unicorns, and I'm very blessed to have my unicorn story in her book. And she also has a book about dragons where she goes into a tremendous amount of detail, and she also has a tarot deck to go along with it. So that's a great way to learn. So um, the dragons that I have in in my garden, I have um, about five that I've identified with that just kind of live here. And then there, there's others that come and go. So what I've learned about the, dra- uh, the garden is that it really is a bridge, between their world and ours so there'll be a lot of elementals and light beings that will sort of enter our plane through the garden and then they'll leave and go out to do work in the world it's, it's it's pretty multi-dimensional portal to other worlds you know and dragon energy is is very intense there are dragons that are very christ-like but they that that energy is really potent really powerful and it can be very intense i've had some mergings with dragons that have kind of knocked my socks off, you know, so to speak. And, um, I also have past life memories of having been a dragon more than one. And, um, I have identified with the fact that my etheric body is that of a dragon. You know, I have my ties to the unicorns, but myself as a human, my energetic body is actually that of a dragon. I mean, there's, there's, so much to say about them. And then the fae, um, I actually probably know the least amount about the fae compared to unicorns and dragons. There's there's different types of fae. You know, there's like itty bitty bitty teeny tiny fae. And then there's fae that can actually, you know, they're, they're pretty big. They can be, you know, nine, 10, 11 feet tall. And they really are in service to plants, um, the earth, flowers, the green, the green aspect of of what it means to have Mother Earth. And, you know, they're called by different names and different cultures. A lot of people know the Contomblé, which are part of a West African Dagara tribe. And forgive me if I've got that wrong because I very well maybe, but that's a type of fae. You know, they can be little tricksters as well, but they, they really help make the earth green and beautiful. And, you know, it's many times when I can't find something, the very first thing that crosses my mind is, okay, the fae took it. <laughs> They moved it and I asked them to please bring it back. (laughs) You know, so um, making offerings to any of of these beings, you know, you always want to call in the love and light aspect of those things, because sort of similar to dragons, you know, I believe that the fae kind of work, work both both sides of magic. Unicorns I only see as of love and light. I've never, ever known, heard or connected with unicorns being anything but of the Christ light. But both dragons and fae carry both of those aspects of themselves so it's always important to state who it is that you're calling in so yeah they are just you know magical beings in service to the earth and also uh to humanity and again the world of the fae is pretty vast they have their own races you know kind of like you know we have different ethnicities and races amongst humans the fae have that as well
0: i'm blown away i'm so i'm just so fascinated with this discussion uh learning so much that's for sure do we all have dragons and, and fae and unicorns and, uh, around around us? Is that something that we have to call in? How does, how does that
1: work? I think there are some people that naturally have them around. And, you know, it's probably because they're their guides and allies, whether they know it or not. And I think that as it is with most allies of the spirit realm, you do have to seek them out, you know, free will and all. Okay. So you have to ask them, you have to ask for the connection. You have to open yourself up to the connection. Making offerings is nice. You know, there might be some people that haven't asked, but just have them around because they're just their natural guides and allies. That's how it was for me. I didn't ask. For the unicorn past life memory, or the dragon past life memory, or even the fae, because I, I have memories of being, you know, a fae queen as well. Those all just landed in my lap, and then it opened up from there because that's my path. That's my medicine. Um, I think for other people, you do have to, you know, they're, they're drawn to it and then that opens the door. So I think it can happen in different ways, but definitely asking for their help and guidance. You do have to, you do have to literally ask like, can you help me? Can you guide me? Can you show me bless me? And and it's not hard. It's it's just it's just a matter of of having a conversation, making an offering, you know, sitting down and, and just really getting still, or dancing and having fun. You know, it could be it could be anything that moves you from your heart that feels right around connecting with these magical beings.
0: Would you be willing to share those recollections of past life, or you know, of, of what you had mentioned in regards to your connection with the dragons and the unicorns?
1: Sure. I'd be happy to.
0: So with the unicorns, I,
1: you know, with each of these, these memories, I always had a little preview. So I want to say about two weeks before I had the memory, I was in my, you know, downstairs, you know, indoor temple space, which is where I'm sitting right now. And I was doing yoga. And all of a sudden, I became distinctly aware that I had a, a unicorn horn and hooves. And it lasted a split second but my whole my whole being stopped and i immediately dropped into that energy then it was gone and i honestly let it go and just kind of moved on with my day then i want to say about two or three weeks later may have been maybe even a month i was i was in the garden uh i was alone and i was you know pruning and tending and doing what i do and i was i was in the garden and i walked into my indoor temple space and all of a sudden everything shifted. I I don't know how to describe it. I I felt myself in two places at the same time. The walls began to move. The floor began to move. I had to like put my hands on the walls to brace myself. I got very, very unsteady. That lasted, I don't know how long. And then at some point I stumbled outside into the garden, collapsed on the ground and in a, a rush, all of these memories of being a unicorn. And um, of the entire unicorn race and how they were hunted for their horns rushed in. And I was overcome with grief and was just sobbing in the garden, just just utterly sobbing. The whole memory just came rushing in that I was a unicorn, that my race had been hunted for its horns. Now, since then, I'm somebody who I say this with a lot of humility. I've I've been I've been often a queen when I've, or been some form of what you would call, I guess, royalty with, Mm -hmm, with, with mm -hmm. each of these. So, um, I've since then remembered that I wasn't just a unicorn, but I was a queen and I carry around a tremendous amount of guilt around having let my, my people, you know, die. Um, but you know, unicorns are returning more and more. They, you know, they, they sort of fled our plane way back when, when things got really dense and dark and humanity was in just this awful dark place for, for a very, very, very long time, around the Renaissance, they began to return. And that's really where a lot of inspiration came from, is people were actually connecting with the inspiration of unicorns. So that's that memory. And I work with them a lot. I uh, call them in pretty much every single day. Just today, actually, I connected with a unicorn with a rainbow mane and tail. Now that I'm thinking about it, it just kind of dropped into my awareness and I just sort of sat with it. So that's the story of the unicorns. And they came in. So it was um, in, in proper order. It was roses. I had roses for a few years and fay for a few years. Then things came in a rush. So in, in February of 2017, I had the unicorn memory and I started mm-hmm. working with them pretty closely. Then in March, the dragons came in and um, it was March, uh, pretty close to St. Patrick's Day. And a teacher of mine had written an article about dragons and maybe it just fell into my consciousness. I had not thought about them really at all. And I was sitting in my garden and I was aware energetically the one was circling me. And it was wanting to get really, really close to my space. And at the time I was consuming a lot of cannabis, which, which I, I don't anymore. So I was really open and the energy got closer and closer. And I just, I was trying to maintain my sovereignty, (laughs) like using every tool I had Uh and I just, I just couldn't do it. And it literally jumped in me. Like, I don't know how to explain it. The, the energy, entered my body. And in uh, again, a mad rush, I had a memory of being a red dragon and I was shot through the heart with an arrow. And um, the backstory to this, the preview is for weeks and weeks, I had been feeling this pain in my heart, almost like a needle for about, you know, I don't know, two months, not really knowing what it was. And then that memory pieced it all together. Now, since then, I've gone deeper with dragons. And this isn't something that I, I've honestly shared a whole lot publicly. But, you know, since we're talking about it and it seems like the next natural evolution, you know, in talking about Delphi and the priestesses that were in Delphi prior to um, Apollo, you know, coming in and, and there being the priestesses of Apollo, the priestesses actually channeled a dragon in the center of the Earth. There was also a period where they channeled the tree and I'm not clear which one happened first, but, um, the dragon in the center of the earth was named Delphine and Apollo basically came and killed her, dismembered her, usurped that site and took it over for himself. So that's, that's how it transitioned. And my memory is, I remember being Delphine. I remember being killed by Apollo, dismembered and dying. And, and I've connected with her energetics because she very much is alive in me and is present in this day and age in terms of what I'm doing in the garden, you know, reactivating a lot of those ancient codes, but in this modern way. And my experience with Apollo, because I don't want to, um, you know, I know different people work with him is he's very contrite, incredibly remorseful and shows up in front of me frequently asking for forgiveness and wanting to atone. So that's the bigger memory I have is being the, the the dragon Delphine in in the in the center of the earth. I also remember being a dragon, um, one of the seraphim dragons, and, and you know that are more of the angelic dragons that exist. You know, they're sort of like different tiers, like their source. And then down from there, you have seraphim angels, and some of them are dragons. You know, if you read the Sophia Code, she goes into elaborate detail about the seraphim dragons. I remember being one of them, helping create the earth when it was being formed. So those are sort of my memories with dragons. And then with the Fae, what I remember is also being a fairy queen and at some point also being killed. All of these memories, you know, just involve dying in some way, as as many of us have. You know, many of us have just been like totally like like slain or brutalized or you know hung or whatever
0: and it's all that's a lot especially the ones worth (laughs) remembering i guess
1: (laughs) yes 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 so i again remembering i remember being a fae queen and dying pretty young and that i actually have a whole family that's in that realm you know they're there and i'm here i connect less with them than i do the unicorns and the dragons but from time to time they appear
0: When you told the dragon and the unicorn stories, I got goosebumps Mm -hmm. the entire Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. you told. So, I mean, that's, that's incredible. For me, that's confirmation that for for myself as well. I know for you, it's a hundred percent, but for me to also receive that confirmation, it's just really wonderful to, to learn so much more about what we just can't see. So this is really thrilling for me. I'm very excited right now. I'm curious to know. What it was like for you when you were discovering all of this or were you born with this innate knowledge or is this something that came to you in pieces and when it did, was it shocking then? Um,
1: It all came in pieces, bits and pieces. I mean, I was always a spiritual child. I was very drawn to religion, organized religion, because that's what was present and connecting with basically Jesus and his energy. I mean, I was just drawn to Christ energy. So I spent many years as a kid really kind of immersed in Christianity, you know, just, I I don't know, sensitive soul, spent many, many years throughout childhood kind of suffering as many children do. And into young adulthood. And um, it wasn't until I really began to have my priestess remembrances around 2013. So it's been no more than that. It was prior to that. I want to say 2012, which was, of course, a pivotal year on the planet, that I really began to connect with the shamanic side of myself. And then, you know, the priestess, I did a formal priestess training with the 13 moons that activated a lot of remembrances. But it wasn't until afterwards that I began cultivating this garden with the roses and the face. So the roses and the fae were here. The unicorns landed in 2017 in February. In March, it was the dragons. And then the final piece is summer solstice of June. So in my garden, I have this outdoor living area. And um, when we bought this property, the backyard had a lot of walls and we had like, because there was a rental down here. And so there was like, it was separated into all these different sections. So we had all of that taken out. So there was a little piece of a wall on one side that I had started tiling you know, I'd wanted to tile it. It's a spiral. And on the side of it, it's hard to explain. There's openings in it because that's where a gate used to connect to it. And it connected to another big part of the wall. And all of that came down, but there was this little section left. It was my holy, it's my holy area. My Quan Yin is there, other offerings and plants. And I began to tile the wall. Well, on summer solstice of 2017, I was sitting there and I noticed there were these bees that looked like they were kind of banging on the side of the wall. And I got up, I'm like, what are they doing? And I got up and I realized they were moving in, that they were moving into my holy wall. I was like, oh my God. So the next day I was up in my kitchen, which overlooks this part of the yard and with my boys and the swarm came now that i now that i'm a beekeeper i know that those were scout bees checking it out the next day the whole swarm came i caught both of these on video and there were thousands and thousands of bees in the yard and within 3 minutes they were all in the wall so that was my initiation into bee medicine is they came to me sort of like all of these other things and so it was really just this like unicorns boom dragons boom bees boom those bees only la- only lived for about a year they they did not survive. Pretty hard to beekeep in the Bay Area. There's a lot of mites and diseases and viruses and all. Like I couldn't really beekeep them. All I could do was sit with them, and they showed me so much. I, I would sit beneath that wall, and they would like comb my crown chakra, and. Um, I would just sit in that that sacred space and, and just listen to their messages around, you know, unity consciousness and that they were, you know, they told me they were there, you know, to help my womb come alive. And, you know, at some point in the next bunch of months, I got my own hive and I started taking classes and learning how to beekeep. And I was very resistant to it at first. I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't have bees. I mean, like I, I really, it it I, it threw me into the most profound angst. I want to say for about three days. Like I had different beekeepers come. Like, can can we can we can we? How can we remove these peacefully? And they're like, ah, oh, this can be hard. Um, I even had a contractor who was a beekeeper. He's like, well, I could take down the back part of the wall. Cause it, you know, it was on, it was, they were in my like wall that I was tiling. It was a holy space. I, you know, wasn't about to get rid of the wall. Finally, I was just in the most profound angst and I had all this nervous energy and I was in my home and, you know, trying to figure out what to do about these bees. And I found myself in our foyer, emptying out some bin that had collected like papers. It was like a receptacle that my kids had thrown all these you know, old papers in and I started to clean it out just to like do something with my hands. And I picked up this piece of paper and I turned it over and it was something that my son had drawn a year and a half before. And it was a picture of bees and and honeycomb. And I thought, that's it. This is it. This is the sign. I'm supposed to keep them. And in that moment, all the angst <laughs> faded away and I kept them. And they lived in the wall and I grew to love them very much. And it was fine. <laughs> it was more than April fine. It was beautiful. So, booth bumps again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, it all sounds so crazy, Laura. I know it doesn't sound like this stuff is real, but I assure you it's all very, very real. Oh, amazing. So, it's um, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And I just want to say like, you know, all of these magical, you know, beings, you know, dragons, unicorns, fays, and even the bees, we all have guides that will are so more than happy to work with us and heal us and help us evolve and grow as humans, as uh, spiritual beings. All we have to do is ask. It's, it's all a matter of ask. So we've all got that
0: potential to connect with this realm. Oh, that's that's wonderful to hear. For maybe the, I don't know, the person who might be new to all this, who's interested in, in connecting and seeing who's part of their team as far as these realms go, how would you recommend they do so? Would it be through some guided meditations? Is it just putting the intention out there and then seeing what signs come? What would you, How would you recommend somebody start to create a, a, a connection? Right. So my
1: guess is, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume first that there might be one particular magical being that someone is drawn to more than another. Okay. Just to go from that, and if you don't know what that is, you have to get really still and quiet, and listen. Or you need to pay attention to signs, you know, like if you don't know if it's dragons or unicorns, but you want to put the intention out there, I'm always a big fan of making an altar make an altar. You know, if you want to connect with your unicorn, get some pictures, get a little statue, start making offerings to it. Um, If you just want to connect with an elemental of the love and light, put a few of them on there and see which one, you know, presents itself in front of you. Yeah. So there's guided meditations. I'm a huge fan of making an altar to these beings and just, you know, continuing to make offerings, continuing to make offerings. The altar can be indoors or outdoors. Um, I have... Have, you know unicorns all over the house, and I have more unicorns than anything I suppose, than even dragons. Although I have dragons upstairs and downstairs, dragon-like uh, statues, et cetera, whatnot. And um, yeah, there's there's lots of people who you know that's all they do. Like so, Diana Cooper, she actually has an entire unicorn school where you can like study in depth about unicorns and like the planet that they come from and their history because they do come from elsewhere. And there are those that like dragons are fourth dimensional, but they go all the way up to multi-dimensional, where they kind of cross over. Um, there's those that live in the inner earth plane. So I would, I would make an altar. I would start listening to guided meditations and I would just get really still and quiet, you know, just have an open heart. I do sessions to connect with these beings. You know, there's other people that I think do as well. What type of
0: offerings would one give?
1: Well, unicorns, as I said, they like pretty shiny things. They like, um, yeah, so I, you know, like lots of jewel tones and um, like I have a beautiful glass bowl. I'll fill with like shells and, you know, shiny glass, you know, blobs that I've got that you can get at like a plant store at an art store and um, I'll put flowers in it. They like flowers. Faye like alcohol. They like sweets. (laughs) They also like pretty shiny things. Um, So you can make a little fairy garden. Wow, dragons. Let me think about that. You know, I think you could do any number of things for dragons. You could pour water into the earth. You know, I often dry rose petals, And when I go for walks, I carry them with me. And I'm just sort of making offerings to the nature spirits. I, I think the biggest thing is to know that there is not really a right way, but to connect with an offering from your heart and that it should really come from your heart. The Fae love alcohol and love sweets. So that part I know for a
0: fact. And then after that, it can come from your heart. I feel like the Fae is like someone that uh, we could hang out with, alcohol and sweets. <laughs> exactly. A little tea party. <laughs> no.
1: Right, A little right. little cocktail hour.
0: Yes. <laughs> so do those entities, uh, you know, fae, dragons, unicorns, do they work with spirit guides and and angels like being part of somebody's team? How how does that relationship work for the for their human? So
1: yeah. unicorns are on the level of archangels. So they're they're while they're elementals they're what you would call of the angelic realm unicorns are so got it um it, wait so just to clarify your question you're asking if these if the elementals have guides themselves or how do they become part of your team is that your question
0: yeah the latter how do they become like a part of your team and work with your guides and your angels and whoever else works mm-hmm. with on on your team yes
1: right right. I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. So I know for myself, and I've been told this before when I've, when I've worked with other mentors, I'm somebody who likes to work with a multitude of beings at once. So I've always got like at least 10 different, 10 to 15 different, you know, people that are on my specific soul team just to, to use the same language. And I work with them simultaneously. I have other people that stick with one mentor at a time. You know, they might be working with Mary Magdalene. They might be working more predominantly with Archangel Michael. You know, I, I have a few that I guess, you know, shine a little more than others, but the bottom line is I always have this like huge, kind of like the garden, there's a lot going on simultaneously and that's how my energy works. I don't think there's a right way. I think that if you want to connect, you're going to connect and you're going to see energetically what feels right for you to hold. You know, if, if it feels like too much to be making offerings to five different people you know, beings at one time, you know, you can send prayers to some, you can make offerings to others, you can make a singular offering to all of them, um, which is what I did for years and years and years. I I made an offering at the feet of Kuan Yin. You know, I made flower bowls for years, but that was really for humanity and the earth. Um, So I, I just think calling in any of these beings and however they show up for you, it's a lot of it is instinct. I think we can get very tripped up over doing things wrong. And I never second guess myself. I literally follow my instincts. I like to learn. So I'll read, you know, what other people have to say and listen to talks, et cetera, whatnot. But at the end of the day, I am always just following my own instincts with it. And that's what I encourage people to do is, is to really just go very still and listen to what your own body and your own spirit is directing you to do. And the more we do that, the more we get embodied and
0: present with life, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that completely. I, I feel like that's that's the whole premise of following one's intuition and being guided towards a life that's purposeful and joyful and mostly joyful. I should say sometimes it can be difficult, but yeah, I think that that's that's wonderful advice. So you know, to sort of wrap up today's interview, I'm curious to know what advice would the April of today have given the April from her past. Oh, my. Wow.
1: (laughs) Have faith. I spent so many years depressed and sad when I was given um, I'm a sent priestess. I'm a trained sent priestess. And I went through that training at such a low point. Yet I was given the rose. I was told this is your oil. You are the keeper of this flower, which is what opened up that whole door for me. That's when I started planting roses in mass and that dedication, like I've got to explore this. I was so depressed and so sad. Um, I would tell myself to have faith, to trust, even if things get worse before they get better, because sometimes you have to de-evolve and come apart and die before you can be reborn, which is the theme of what we're experiencing today. So that's what I would tell myself is don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Hang, you know, hold, hold on to that. That's beautiful. Hands down. Tell Thank myself, you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Is there a way to see pictures of your garden? Are they on socials or anything like that or they they
1: are if you, so if you go to my instagram which is at my temple garden it's full of my garden and i have videos as well um if you go to my website which is mytemplegarden.com you will also see photos and there's a link to my instagram there you can also find me at Facebook at My Temple Garden and lots So yeah, I've got, I've been, you know, posting photos of the garden and videos of the garden for just years and years and years. So
0: there's, there's lots there energetically. Oh, good. And I'm going to have all of those links in the show notes. So they will be easily accessible to um, whoever would love to take a look at this beautiful garden that we've been talking about. Well, April, thank you yeah. so much for your time today. I, I mean, I feel like we, we could spend a whole nother hour talking about all of the the beautiful subjects, perhaps, you know, on each individual unicorn, dragon and fairy. So maybe, maybe, you know, we can have you back on and spend a bit more time diving into um, any of those that feels right to you. But I just really thank you for your time today.
1: Oh, thank you, Laura. It's been such a pleasure being here. And this was just so much fun.
0: And that was another episode of a guided life podcast thank you so much for tuning in and until next time love and light always